Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Business Book Show. And today our guest is Joanna Penn. Now, um, if you've done any kind of, of search on uh, on Google, looking for uh, you know how to write or uh, how to be a, an author, you've probably come across uh, Joanna Penn um, at some point or another. Or you might be more familiar with. Um, if you like to read uh, thrillers, she's also a best-selling author, New York Times, as well as USA Today, writing thrillers under the pen name of J.F. Penn, P-E-N-N, and that really is um, that really is her last name. This is not a uh, not a nom de plume or anything like that, or some cute. Uh, her last name really is Penn. Um, uh, but on the uh, on the other side. Uh, the the nonfiction side. She's also uh, she's written a number of uh, of nonfiction books for uh, for authors. She's a an incredible creative entrepreneur. Um, she is actually also an international speaker, and uh, her site for authors like uh, like us is the thecreativepin.com. Regularly voted one of the top ten sites for writers and, and self publishers. You've probably uh, come across it I'm sure you're yourself already and uh, one of her books how to make a living with your writing was one of Inc magazine's top 100 business books in 2015 so uh, I am I'm quite pleased that uh, we've got the opportunity to, to talk with one of the industry's leading figures uh, today Joanna thank you so much for uh, for your time today Oh, thanks for having me on the show, Derek, and what a lovely introduction. We try. We try <laughs> to make everybody feel as special as they as they are. And it's um you know, it's 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 um it's publishing seems like a huge industry, but whenever you whenever you start getting into it, and I guess this is probably like any any other industry, um, you realize that it's it's kind of a small world. So uh, I was introduced to you by way of Grant McDooling, uh, one of Australia's uh, leading ghostwriters. And um, that's how I, I came to, to find – well, that's one of the – that's the way that I was, I was personally introduced to you. Of course, I'd come across your, your site and your books uh, before that. But, uh, but it's a small world, isn't it, that uh, here I am in South Louisiana. I uh, get connected to a ghostwriter in Australia. And then that leads me to being uh, introduced to a writer there in the UK. Oh, yeah. And that, I think that's what's so awesome about publishing now um, at this time in history, because with the Internet, we can uh, both talk to each other across the world, but also we can reach readers across the world. So when I met Grant, I was living in Australia and um, I was actually making most of my money in US dollars um, selling books to Americans and my website. You know, I was scheduling my social media into the American time zones. And now, of course, I'm in Britain and uh, do things like this and um, work with people all over the world so I think we're you know that the opportunities right now for business writers and fiction writers and all kinds of writers I mean it is one of the best livings you can have because you can work across so many time zones and sell books in I think you can actually now sell books in 190 countries and I've actually sold books in 83 countries so that gives oh, us, congratulations. Yeah, it gives a sense of how big the market can be now it really is a global market for sales as well as connections yeah, it is. It's a wonderful time to um, 
to be a, a, an author. And I know that, um, you know, if you read any of the, the industry journals and publishing um, related uh, articles that a lot of publishers and, and traditional um traditional professionals in the in the industry are lamenting how much things have, have changed and it's true but i mean that's true in in any industry that's been true in in uh, i mean just pick an industry healthcare it engineering um everything has has changed because of, of technology and if you're still trying to do things the the old way then yes it's going to be hard because the every industry has fundamentally changed because of of uh, the barriers to entry technology has has brought down but if on the other hand you embrace it as you so ably have then i think that it's it's a wonderful time because people like you and me don't have to be chained to any one particular geography or in any one particular medium i mean you can you can really just create whatever kind of career that you want to have and you have done a masterful job of that by blending um the the nonfiction side, the, the fiction side, as well as uh, being a, an entrepreneur in your own right. Mm, well, I think, uh, you know, as, as we've said, you do have the opportunity. And um, publishing particularly is interesting in terms of the disruption, um, if you compare it to something like music, because it's quite similar in that there are these creative artists. Um, and once upon a time, you had to have a big label and uh, they had to put your record out and it was a physical record and people got it in physical stores. And, um, you know, there was pretty much no other way to make a living as a musician. And then um, the music industry was heavily disrupted by obviously the MP3 format with the iTunes store in the same way now publishing being disrupted by Amazon and the Kindle format and ebooks really taking off and um, I don't know if you you and your your audience know this but this year it's the 10-year anniversary so this year as we record this in 2017 is the 10-year anniversary of both the iPhone and the Kindle so it's is it really yeah it's kind of crazy I and, can't Wow. And you, I mean, you almost can't remember a, a time before an no. iPhone or the, or the Kindle. And and if you think, I mean, if you just take those two devices, even if your um, listeners don't read on the Kindle, for example, but just think about the smartphone and how that has changed how people consume information and entertainment and how they shop. I mean, some of the big behaviours of our society are shaped by digital, not just books. So even if um, you know you love 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 print books, you possibly still shop for them online and most people oh, absolutely. don't yeah most people don't actually live near a physical bookstore you know america far more than britain you know people do live a longer way away from um bigger stores so you know people often shop online and and one of the technological changes obviously the kindle was was the big shift for independent authors like myself um where you can reach readers directly but print-on-demand technology, particularly good for um, business authors because uh, I actually sell a lot of my non-fiction books in print. So if you are a business author, then having a print book is definitely necessary. And um, print-on-demand technology through a company like um, CreateSpace, which is Amazon's or Ingram Spark, um, which will get you into bookstores and all of that type of thing. You can upload your digital files and then uh, if someone orders the book on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com or in a bookstore on Baker and Taylor whatever that that one book will be printed and sent to the customer so you don't have to warehouse you don't have to go to the post office I mean that technology on its own that can be life-changing for people because business books you know 
over 10 years ago, you did actually have to do a print run, put it in a warehouse, <laughs> and then the margin you could make on those books was tiny. Whereas now you can have, you can do your print run if you want to, but then you can also have books available print on demand all over the world. And I mean, that's just, that's just incredible. So I, I hope people are aware that it's not just things like marketing and podcasts, but it's also distribution um, yeah. that's exciting. So maybe we'll come on to audiobooks, for example, but there's so many possibilities. Yeah, I mean, for someone like um, like like me with uh, the business book Bible, it's, it's such a niche um, audience that I didn't even try to go through a, a traditional publisher because uh, I just I didn't think that that it, they would even look at it because the the the, the market for it is is so uh, slim, and as a, as an independent um, myself, I mean I, I couldn't afford to to print you know, to 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 have everything created and then to take the files to um, to a, a a a press and do a print run of you know a thousand books or five thousand books. So uh, I did exactly what, what you're uh, suggesting. I, I put them up on Ingram Spark and, and create space. And so now I can, I can compete with uh, someone who is traditionally published without having that huge upfront investment and having the book sit in uh, a warehouse or, or my garage. And then every time someone buys one off of my, my website or somewhere, go run to the post office and, and ship it to them and be my own distribution center. Um, I yeah I couldn't I wouldn't have even tried I'd have had to I've had to do something quite quite different so it is uh it is it's 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 amazing it lets people like um like us uh, outsource our distribution our printing all of that to um you know these these companies that can do economies of scale and then uh, let them take care of uh, the mailing and the postage and the returns and all of that it's it's again it is an amazing time to be an author and a, a little trick in case people aren't doing this but one of the things you should be doing you know if you have a website and i imagine most of your audience will have a website where they're selling their books and services as most business um you know writers have other products that they like to sell but definitely if you're using uh, a link to amazon then uh, join the amazon affiliate program at amazon associates and what uh, i'm sure your audience know what affiliate sales are you know you get a percentage of commission on things that are bought so you get a percentage on if someone buys your book you'll get an extra few cents but what's nice about the Amazon affiliate program is you have a 24-hour cookie which means anything else they buy from Amazon in the next 24 hours you actually get a percentage of so for authors with um, traffic to their websites using an Amazon affiliate link on your website is a great way to make extra income and um, you know I often tell I people, had no idea I had no oh, clue there you go. That. <laughs> that Very is, cool. there's a new thing for you and like when I first started out um, my first affiliate check um, for like two months was $1.53 uh, so you can't expect it to be big at first but now <laughs> you know now I make um, you know probably five grand a year from affiliate money which nice. is not yeah it's, ah. not, it's not something you turn down so and that is just from for the last you know nine years adding every link on my website that ha is a book link or right. you know things that I use on my site um, things like uh, noise cancelling headphones for example um, you know anything that I use as part of my life that I could buy on Amazon I link to it with an affiliate link and um, that just you know 
brings uh, income over time. So it's just a little tip for people. And you can set up a, also thinking globally, you can set up a multi-directional um, link that if, you know, if I logged in, I'd see it amazon.co.uk. And if an American logs in, they see amazon.com. Um, if you go to booklinker.net, you can set that up and put your affiliate links in there um, for your own book. So that's quite handy too. Oh, that is too cool. Thank you for sharing that. I will absolutely jump on that. Um, well, Joanna, let's talk about um, let's talk about actually writing. I mean, you you're a prolific writer. You've written so many books on both the nonfiction and the and the fiction side. Let's talk about the the nonfiction side for a minute. How do you and you you are uniquely um, it's. Uh, not qualified. You are you are able to offer a unique perspective, is what I was trying to say on on the different approaches of writing a nonfiction book versus writing a, a fiction book. So there are so many um, books and resources out there on how to write your romance novel, how to write uh, the next best crime thriller, how to write a, a novel. Um, but you've done both and, and quite successfully. So can you can you talk about just how that 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 looks and and compare the 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 two? Well, I think um, nonfiction actually is easier to write. So I'm happy for everyone listening. <laughs> um, and essentially, for me, I tend to write what I'm interested in and what I think my audience will want. So this is a massive difference often between nonfiction and fiction. So most nonfiction writers are writing to a market. So either they already have a business, um, they have a, a target audience, uh, you know, maybe they have a, a blog about um, dogs and they decide, right, I'm getting I'm going to write a book that my audience of dog lovers will enjoy um, and write a book on say pet care for example that's just one example but most um, non-fiction writers do write to market in that way and then and that is great because you can often sell more books in that direction so you have a book about you know business books for an audience that you also have a podcast for and an actual business around very very sensible so that's the first thing is to think about well what do my audience want so um my my audience are authors um so the books uh, i'm just releasing this week a book called how to market a book uh which is obviously uh, something my audience want um how to make a living with your writing uh, is another example so my books are my books for nonfiction are aimed at an audience and they are titled in a way that the audience knows what they're going to get. They understand the promise to the reader. And this is probably a big issue with some nonfiction writers who aren't famous. So if you're famous, like Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> or, uh, you know, some of the more famous nonfiction writers, you can get away with um, funky titles or if you have a huge marketing budget like something like Freakonomics for example um, but that I mean in itself actually Freakonomics is a very good word um, you know I don't know who did their marketing but it's an excellent word that they came up with there and now that's their brand but for most non-fiction authors and most authors listening you you need a book title that um, tells the reader what they're going to get so you could have a smart one sentence um, title with a longer subtitle but you do have to be 
be very clear um, so that the audience knows what they're getting. And the second thing is SEO, so search engine optimization. People often understand it as it relates to a website. Um, so, you know, you have articles about business writing and ghost writing and stuff like that. You don't have articles on organic tomatoes, for example. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not your audience. And if you wrote a book on organic tomatoes, you probably wouldn't sell any because nobody knows that that's what you like if you like that so that's the thing you have to um, think about search engine optimization for Amazon as a search engine so the, the stats vary but Amazon is one of the top search engines around and people yeah. searching on Amazon are, are expecting to spend money whereas people searching on Google are not necessarily expecting to spend money so this is a well, really that's a great point. point. Mm. Yeah, just even by the platform of, of choice, yeah. differentiating with the, uh, the the different potential audiences. Yeah, and and this is a huge deal, and also something um, that I've learned. Like I, the first book I wrote was called How to. Oh, what was it? How to enjoy your job or find a new one. And it wasn't selling very well. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then I learned about search engine optimization and I re uh, I updated the book and I retitled it and put a new cover on it. And now it's called Career Change. <laughs> and yeah. That, yeah. And that book sells much better because people are looking for career change. So um, that's a big tip. And you can always find these um, words. If you just go to amazon.com, change the little search bar to say, books or Kindle and then start typing in a word or a phrase, you're going to get a drop down and that is going to be what people are searching for. So that is like one of my massive top tips for nonfiction, which is completely not true for fiction because people don't go onto Amazon and start typing, um, you know, the name of a novel unless it's famous. They tend to find it through categories. Um, and so, but categories are still important for nonfiction too. But coming back to writing, because that's, I guess some of this is important right up front because it, what you don't want to do is sort of write a book, which is everything I know about business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, that's not going to work. It needs to be specific. So for example, I have a book, which is business for authors, how to be an author entrepreneur, which is a very specific book about business for, right. a, for a niche. Um, I've not yeah. written business for organic tomato growers, for example. Um, <laughs> I like that example. Um, but this is the thing. So when you're thinking about the topic you're going to write for, considering your audience and who is going to buy it and what they want is hugely important. Right. Those those kind of upfront choices that um, that determine the direction of, of everything else. Yeah. If you if you start uh, <laughs> if you start writing the the book on uh, organic, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, organic tomatoes, as we would as we would say down here in South Louisiana. Um, <laughs> That's going to be a very different book than you putting your your, your mind towards writing uh, something on on your particular um, on your particular niche. Yeah, and that's uh, going to save you a lot of time if you sort that out up front. Um, and I think probably the other one of the other massive things for nonfiction is that it doesn't need to be a magnum opus, uh, you know, unless you're yes. going to be a speaker and people. Well, even then, you know, I actually think the trend for nonfiction books is getting shorter um, yeah. and it's much better actually to have multiple short books than it is to have a really long book. Um, so one example is is my book, How to Make a Living with Your Writing. It's very short. It's like 27,000 words or something. And 
and it's it's my by far my my top selling nonfiction book because it's got mm -hmm. a hell of a title. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. um, you know, the book Business for Authors: How to Be an Author Entrepreneur that doesn't sell. You know, that sells a fraction of the of the sales of how to make a living with your writing, partly because people don't want to run a business. They want to make a living. So the title is very important, but also mm. it distills um, a lot of information into a short book. Um, so I think people really like that. So that's a, a good tip for people as well. You don't need to think about one book that contains everything, you know, it would be better to split it into shorter ones. Uh, I think that, that that is an incredibly important point. In fact, I, I use that that almost uh, word for word um, in one of the sections in, in my book, that your, your book, your business book that you want to write doesn't have to be your magnum opus. It doesn't have to be the distillation of, of your life's work because that's that's writing your book from the inside out, which is fine for, for fiction. Or, um, or if you want to do a memoir or an autobiography, but whenever you're writing for the nonfiction market, you need to not write, but at least market and package and present your book from the outside in. And people would much rather read um, a shorter book that is targeted to whatever's on their mind or whatever they're trying to do versus a huge book that is everything that you know about uh, you know writing and publishing and being an author you know it's you could have i'm sure probably taken um you know quite a, a few pieces of the different books that you've written and put them into a magnum opus but it, it wouldn't have sold as well as having a number of of, of targeted books that speak to one particular topic or you know more of a more of a of a need than trying to present everything you know all in all in one go yeah, and you have to think about uh, profit as well because um, you know the if you have shorter books, you can price them a bit lower uh, because you know they're they're not huge, but you can have more of them. And the way certainly if you self-publish and you make seventy percent royalty, if I put a, a business book up for four ninety nine, four dollars ninety nine, which is you know a, a reasonable price for a non-fiction short book, um, you know you can make four dollars profit on that as an ebook and also as a print book, it's much much smaller so you could probably print that for two dollars um, even on create space so if you're speaking um, so for example the how to make a living with your writing when I do workshops I will include a print copy as part of the price of the workshop even though it's print on demand I'll just order a ton of them because it's so short um, it's very uh, affordable so these are the types of things you can think about you know if you go shorter you can probably make a higher profit <laughs> and you can use your book in much more of a sort of a, a market um, way and it's quicker so there's just so many benefits so that um, kind of addresses the you know the, the upfront stuff whenever you're, you're you want to, to write a book these are some of the the big ideas that you should should start with so let's say that that our, our uh, author in, in question that uh, that they've they've got the the right direction they've got the right mentality um, the right frame of, of mind whenever they're approaching their their project um, that they need to have their their market in, in mind that they need to um, that they need to, to be writing uh, you know something very uh, targeted and, and focused so say that we've got that what would be your next piece of, <laughs> excuse me piece not peef would be your next piece of advice uh, for for them well in terms of writing I mean I use um, software called Scrivener 
which um, oh yes yeah which is the I think, author's software of choice yeah i think most most professional authors who do this for a living who are under 60 <laughs> um you know <laughs> will probably use this i know a lot of the older authors are just like no i still hand write my manuscripts but i'm like okay so using scrivener for nonfiction in particular, I mean, I use it for fiction as well, but for nonfiction in particular, it's ma it's like magic because what you can do is drag and drop the different chapters. So the first thing I do with nonfiction is um, in Scrivener, if you think about it a bit like a file path with where you can just um, put lots of single lines that kind of like headers. So um, I say, okay, so this is my, um, let's take the book, How to Market a Book, which is out this week. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a book on marketing. Or, you know, what are the, some of the chapters that are going and go in there and I literally just brain dump into this Scrivener document and I might do this like I've got about four different Scrivener documents at that point for a ton of different books that I I have are not even on my schedule but whenever I get ideas I can just go dump them in that folder so with the marketing book it's like okay so paid advertising on Amazon that has to be a chapter so I put that in podcasting that's another chapter you know those are two very different things those are two chapters um, you know the marketing mindset that would be another chapter so you you basically just come up with your um, chapter headings but you don't have to worry about the order that the book will be in and then the other thing I like about Scrivener is you can change the flags on each of these kind of little mini documents within the project so um, it's much easier to sit down and write one chapter on podcasting so just say right I'm going to sit down now and write 2,000 words on podcasting um, and then I can I change my little flag on Scrivener to like yellow and then once all my... I, yes sorry. I, I hate to, to interrupt while you're on a roll joanna but um is is frag a, a british slang or is that something in scrivener i haven't discovered a flag, what's a flag f-l-a-g flag flag sorry the, yeah uh, like like a color coding or a marker whatever you but on scrivener they are called flags um, flags yeah, yeah. So I, I, just, I heard sorry yeah sorry <laughs> so um i i changed the color so basically i end up with um a scrivener document full of these chapters which are marked yellow which means there's something in them and it's half decent and then i look at the whole book as a whole and i start to drag and drop the chapters around into a journey that makes sense because this is so important for non-fiction as well as fiction you have to take the reader on a journey you can't just be like uh you know chapter one podcasting no, you have to ease people into um, a book um, through, you know, an introduction or, you know, however you're going to set up your um, chapters. So you can drag and drop things around on Scrivener. And then what I do once I've written that messy first draft is I actually print it out and I do my first edit by hand um so mm -hmm. I actually you know on pen with paper yeah um go through and sort of scribble things and and hand edit and then I put all my changes back into Scrivener and I might repeat that process um depending on what needs doing um but generally I get my structure pretty right just within Scrivener um, and then I go through an editing process which we can talk about but but my main tip is use Scrivener sort out your table of contents you know fill fill in the table of contents and then juggle it around to make it um, a journey for the reader yeah Joanna let me let me take a minute to, to talk about just how um, important that process is so I I call it um, uh, letting letting the writing the the book organically. So what what you're doing intuitively? This is probably because you're you're in a, um, naturally 
a, a creative person with a, with a creative mind. So what you have uh, are doing is, is creating the bits and pieces and, and, and then stringing them together and then um, making sense of all the, the, the material that you have. Whenever I'm working with uh, with business authors, coaching or, or editing or, or, or ghostwriting, what I've found that so many and I don't know if this is um, if this is unique uh, to, to business authors, or if uh, or if this is you know just a problem that most most people have, but they they try to start with the structure of the book. This is uh, this is how the book should flow. This is uh, the logical sequence of, of steps. This is what chapter one should be. This is what chapter two should be. So they start with the structure, and then they try to fill in the, the content. And it's just so much harder to, to do that way. It's, it's, it seems like that should be the way you build a book, but actually the smarter way is what you do, which is you start with all your, your thoughts and the content, and then you work backwards. Okay, now that I have all of this, how can I put it in such a way that it makes sense? How can I find the structure that is natural to the content that I have versus let me create a structure for the book and then force my content into that structure? Yeah, and I think I think coming back to the journey of the reader is so important because many people who are your clients and business owners and, and listeners, um, they know so much. And if you know so much, your order will never be the order that somebody new to this will want it um, because, you know, they are behind you in terms of their knowledge and you have to, you know, sort of ramp them into that education. So what you think might be the most important thing and you have to put it in chapter one probably needs to go further on in the book once you've kind of worked up to that. The other thing I think that business writers often forget is that people want personal stories to anchor the information yes. into. Like, um, you know, even my, my books, you know, How to Make a Living with Your Writing, it's not just bang, 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 here's how to make a living with your writing. It's my story of how I do it. And that's also something that you can weave in to the beginning because it's like people need to know why they care and people need to know why you're the right person to share this. Um, so... And also, I also find that the introduction to a book is often the last thing that you write because you don't necessarily know what's in it <laughs> and things have changed <laughs> by the end. Um, so these are things that can emerge from the book um, as well. And that will also make it much richer. I mean, my experience is that um, as you're, you might, you might be an outliner, you might have that structure in your head, but until you actually write those chapters, or I know that you do interviews with people and get transcripts, it may be that buried within the sixth hour of the interview is something that actually ends up being the first chapter because it's yeah. so right for, you know, anchoring the book into personal experience. And you can't necessarily find that until you're partially through the process. So I, th I think for most, you know, for most people, it's it's okay. You can be a control freak with your business. You can run your <laughs> business hardcore, but with your creative process, you do need to allow for emergence of themes and stories and stuff that comes up as you go through the writing process. Yeah, because the the you know the act of creating a book is fundamentally different than uh, you know writing a report or writing a, a white paper or writing a, an academic uh, paper or a thesis. Because 
with those things, there 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 is a structure, and it is you know pretty pretty cut and, and, and dry. But the nature of a book is more fluid. We expect a, a book to be more comprehensive, and and with something as small as a as a white paper or a market report or something, um, you, you can you can just focus on the the information. But with a book, the size of a book is is that it it starts you know becoming a, its own animal, um, and so if you try to impose your own structure and order, like you say, try to be a control freak, um, the book is going to push back. It, it's it's almost its own personality, its own entity, and you have to uh, give it some some space to to breathe. You have to allow. I forgot who it was, but they said that the act of of creation. Um, shapes not only the the creation but the creation shapes the creator. You have to allow the book to um, to change you a, a little bit, and I think that that's for you and 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 me because we're we're professional writers. We we're okay with that, but I think that that's a that's a pretty new experience for a lot of people who maybe haven't you know really done a whole lot of of creative uh, um, creative work like. Uh, like you know, like like writing for for a living. Oh well, uh, my opinion is that business is in, incredibly creative. So uh, if people listening don't think they are creative, I believe the word you know creative absolutely applies to those who have created a business, those who have created jobs or created wealth, um, you know, or if you've created a new product in the world. Um, the, 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 there's this myth that you know creative is just applied to people who write or do music or paint or whatever. But you know, to me the business is incredibly creative so I, I would embrace that and say okay if you you're a business owner and you want to write a book you created a business from your head you've created yeah. assets from your head this is this is creating an asset from your head it's just an asset that looks like a book <laughs> as opposed to an asset that might look like you know a team of people or uh, a product or whatever else you've created in the world so I agree with you but I want people to try and think about this as exactly the same as creating anything else in the world you know creating a relationship let's say um, those of you who are in partnerships or whatever is you have to put the work in and then the result of it is something that you may never have expected to happen um, so that's kind of the way I like to think of it is um, yeah you, you, I actually learn what I think through the act of writing a book um, yeah. which is you know can be part of the excitement of the journey um, but yeah I, I understand that it can be scary for people it's certainly used to be scary for me. Um, I, I used to work as a business consultant. I used to implement accounts payable into large corporates. So I, I never thought I was creative in that traditional sense. Um, and look how things turned out. So <laughs> your life can change when you write a book. Oh, that's an amazing point. And I, I love the, the, the idea of looking at a, at a business or a project um, or even a, a relationship as it, it you by engaging in it, um, things happen, and, and you have to you have to adapt and, and take that into um, you know take that into into your plans. You can't say I'm going to have a business. This is how it's going to run. This is what's going to happen. Um, the, you know the 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 mantra or you know the new um, the new word for the last few years has been pivot. Everything has oh, to yeah. has to pivot. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, with that, with that, all that really is is just you have to adapt to to changes as it happens. You've got to roll with the the punches, 
is uh, how you'd say it in, in the old school. And so people um, in, in business or on projects or in a company, they they know how to do that. They, well, they have to in order to in order to survive and be successful. But you're right. They they don't often take that same thinking and apply it to a book that as you create as you write things and you uncover things or you you know start pulling information together the idea for it the the things that happen in it um are going to are going to to change and so you have to change the structure of your book you have to change your expectations accordingly mm. um well joanna i would love to sit here and, and talk um for hours more because uh, you've got that kind of information but i know that uh that it's uh, getting a little bit late in the evening for you in the in the uk so um i think that we're probably going to wrap it up here is there anything that you'd like to to leave uh, the the listeners with Sure. So uh, if you like po the podcast, uh, come on over and uh, join me on my show, uh, The Creative Pen Podcast, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher and all the usual places. I'm at episode 320 now um, after years wow. of podcasting. I know it's kind That's of crazy. <laughs> but um, I, I, it's a weekly show on a Monday and I talk a lot about um, creative business as well as writing and publishing and book marketing and all that good stuff. Um, also, come on over to thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint and you can get a free ebook and video series um, all about writing and publishing and book marketing and all of that type of thing. So uh, both fiction and nonfiction if people are interested. Um, and if you have any questions, I'm on Twitter at the creative pen, pen with a double N. Pen with a double N. That's funny. <laughs> um, and Joanna, you have been, uh, that's, that's generous. Just those offers in and of themselves are generous of you. And um I really appreciate you coming on uh, and, and sharing so much of your experience and your accumulated knowledge with uh, with everyone on the on the show. And um, I am looking forward to uh, your your new book that's just coming out this week. I'll go get a copy of it here in just a few minutes. Oh well, thanks so much for having me on the show, Derek. It's absolutely a pleasure. <laughs>